I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome to Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. I'm Ben Eshmade and this week we're returning again to our archive discovering an interview with director Raoul Peck where he talked about I Am Not Your Negro, his 2016 documentary about writer and activist James Baldwin. A documentary for me and what I personally call a creative documentary. Uh, It's another language. You should try to let the film tell the story without having to explain it. This film is based on the works of James Baldwin and draws specific inspiration from his unfinished manuscript, Remember This House. Narrated by Samuel L. Jackson, the documentary delivers a powerful narrative, the story of race in America, looking specifically at the reverberations of the deaths of Medgar Evers, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King Jr. The future of the Negro in this country is precisely as bright or as dark as the future of the country. It is entirely up to the American people whether or not they're going to face and deal with and embrace this stranger whom they rely on so long. Raoul Peck spoke to me in an empty tea room in a hotel in central London. Why is James Baldwin an important figure to you? What do we gain by seeing the struggle for civil rights through his perspective? Well, despite uh, his uh, importance uh, as a writer, he met a lot to me as uh, when I discover him as a young man mm. and when I uh, started to read him because at the time there were not so many I would say writer or intellectual who I felt talked about my reality and saw mm. the world the way I I started uh, seeing it so uh, he was one of the few over the years I kept uh, reading him and uh, and he was always uh, right on point mm. and uh, he helped me frame my own uh, intellect. Why do you think the estate trusted you with, with his legacy with um, access to all of his writing? Uh, well, this is something you should ask them but, <laughs> <laughs> but what I suspect is uh, my, my work have been uh, very uh, important in that respect I, I guess. Um, they've seen my film, they see a lot of my work and I'm not a very I would say commercial uh, filmmaker but uh, people do know my work and uh, a lot of uh, scholars use my work for teaching and and I guess it's what I would call sort of integrity that uh, probably helped me get uh, those rights and they somehow trusted me that I could do a good job. 
It's interesting you said that you maybe haven't had as much commercial success. It's a very pleasant surprise then that this is the film that breaks through. Well, that's, that was, yes, a very uh, a curious uh, happening for, for us, uh, for me and my team, uh, because uh, this project was really uh, a very personal, very um, labor of love type of project. Uh, that's why I decided to produce it myself while I was making other films. Mm. So I, I took all the time I needed. It took 10 years to make. And yes, it's a sort of welcome irony that uh, somehow this is the film that probably will break all records for, for me and my company. The question you've got to ask yourself, the white population of this country has got to ask itself, if I'm not the nigger here, and you invented him, you, the white people, invented him, then you've got to find out why. Could you talk about the importance of discovering Remember This House, which is a, an unpublished work which you used to frame the film? Because I had so much access to everything, uh, it was uh, even more important to find a, a really original way to, to start the project itself. So I struggled a lot about different approaches. And uh, until I found that uh, manuscript, those uh, 30 pages of notes... I was not satisfied with the responses I had. So this book, this is this unfinished uh, book became a sort of mystery book through what I could tell my own story. And uh, for a filmmaker, that's of course an incredible uh, incentive to build the film around. And also it excited my, my curiosity, you know, to see, you know, where, where would that, that book go? Where, what element would Baldwin include uh, in it? And it was a sort of quest. And, uh, and yes, but and then it, it made a, a very organic uh, introduction to the film I wanted to make. And there is a sense of you kind of finishing the book through the film. He sets out the premise of it and some letters about it, but you could say the, the sort of study that you undertook through his writing is finishing that. Well, that was the idea. I think when Baldwin says, you know, he wanted to write uh, his ultimate uh, book on America uh, by linking the assassination of these three friends, uh, I, I understood what he meant by that. Uh, and having read all Baldwin, mm. uh, my question was, I couldn't uh, imagine what else could he have done than what he had already done. Uh, so for me, the idea was to exactly, you know, to say, uh, in fact, the book, he wrote it. It's just he didn't have the time to put it together. Mm -hmm. So my job was to go around and throughout his work, uh, whether published, unpublished, to understand what that book was to be and, and to put it together. What white people have to do is try to find out in their own hearts why it was necessary to have a nigger in the first place. Because I'm not a nigger. I'm a man. But if you think I'm a nigger, it means you need him. It's a sort of reverse documentary, because in a normal documentary you would have lots of talking heads, but in this you have him as the, the narrator, the guide through the thing, and history itself as the sort of talking heads, as the, the material around him. Well, you know, the, the, the story with talking heads, it's, it's something that came uh, throughout the development of uh, the form of the documentary form, but it is not the original form of documentary. Documentary is basically as well to, to go somewhere and 
and let the people forget about you and observe them and, mm. and try to be totally invisible. And talking heads was always a very didactic tool to explain uh, a film. And you can see today, like a uh, network like, like Netflix or HBO, they, they love that because it's easier for the audience. It makes everything mm. quite understandable, uh, but also quite didactic. In fact, you, you're not making films, you're making a sort of better news footage. And documentary for me, and what I personally call a creative documentary, uh, it's another language. You should try to let the film tell the story without having to explain it. And, and I had already those incredible words of Baldwin. So why have anybody trying to interpret them to be a go-between between the audience and those words? Uh, so the challenge for me was to, to find the right approach, the right form, the right images to tell the story with these words totally on the front line, on the, on the front row. There is this sort of immediacy in the in the confrontation or in the exchange he's an incredible character i mean we we also which i think is a great bonus we get to see him we see him in debates we see him on talk shows winning over the nation he comes across as uh, amazingly charismatic yes uh, and, and he was you know one should not forget that baldwin was a young preacher at the age of 14 and he left the church at 17. That left a profound mark in him. And he was a, you know, he's a, as a very young age, he had read everything. He used to joke about it, uh, you know, that he read everything in his uh, local library and, and had to go down to Manhattan to find new books. But, uh, and he was not in fact uh, making a joke. He really uh, had read everything. The addition of his uh, incredible education, his self-taught education, the fact that he have learned very early on the, the reality of life, struggle for your soul and the soul of others, uh, had uh, framed him and had made him the man he became. And of course, you know, this is an incredible eloquence and uh, he's a master of uh, rhetoric and, and philosophy and argument is, of course, uh, rare. You talk about making it as a writer by yourself, you had to be able then to turn off all the antenna of which you live because once you turn your back on this society, you may die. You may die. And it's very hard to sit as a typewriter and concentrate on that if you're afraid of the world around you. This is a fantastic film to watch, one that you can revisit, mainly because it's got many layers uh, to it. I mean, there are kind of sub-films <laughs> within it. I mean, one thing I wanted to mention was, uh, which I found I really engaged with, was a sort of substrand, which was a sort of depiction of race in Hollywood films, which kind of runs throughout the film. Well, that's the thing. The, the film has uh, so many different layers because uh, I try to tell the story through all these layers, uh, you know, not only through the image, but there are so many different types of image and each type tell the story uh, in a, its own different way. Uh, the music tells the story. Of course, the words tell the story, but every, uh, you know, sound in the film was studied for that. You know, we, we basically made the film as we would do a narrative. So make sure that we are telling a story. That means a story that will stand the test of time, that will be as uh, dramatic, as funny, as ironic 20, 30 years uh, from now. 
So uh, that's the richest of all those layers. The, the aspect of Hollywood, of course, is it uh, has a, a, take a lot of room because it's basically Baldwin shows us how you know the role of those images in our life, in our own personal iconography. I was raised watching those Hollywood movies. It, it's the dominant cinema throughout mm. the world. Whether you were, you know, you grew up in the third world or, or in, you know, in Africa or in Haiti, but also in Europe, everybody knows those films. Everybody has seen John Wayne once in his mm. uh, lifetime, you know. And at the same time, Baldwin, uh, uh, you know, shows us how what this film were also transporting. You know, they were transporting ideology, uh, history, politics, a uh, way of living. And it was, you know, a, a very important agent of globalization, of we like it or not. And Baldwin is deconstructing that image, you know, to show us that even, you know, the most uh, natural or ridiculous love story has also a political message in it. The lack of empathy by example, to take just one aspect, like to make a film about Pyjama Games, which is a wonderful musical, uh, but which is basically totally white. And the film is supposed to tell the story about uh, a union mm. in the United States. Also show you how the reality have been totally misused uh, to transfer a message. Mm. And Baldwin have been very good into showing that. You don't hold back from shocking images or shocking moments in the film, but they weren't gratuitous. They put the put in at the right moment for the for the right reasons, and, and maybe even more shocking because of his words around them. Well, you know that's the thing. Uh, the words are already so shocking. You know, they are. It's not because they are told in a very incredible language, uh, a very humanistic language, even in uh, poetic uh, at time that it's not as shocking. You know, the way, you know, when you really listen to what Baldwin is saying, those things, you know, when he says that if you don't realize that this is the reality you're living in, you're basically a criminal. This is strong. When he talks about the cruelty of the huge white majority who has no empathy for the other, this is really hard to, to, to hear. And he, he, he speaks from the gods. In terms of the images I use and the contrast uh, that I use in editing them, you know, that's the least I could do. You know, I couldn't, you know, just uh, do sugarcoat what Baldwin is actually saying, you know, and the way he's saying it. So I had to find the, the appropriate form as well to have at least to try the same radicality that Baldwin has in his words. I can't be a pessimist because I'm alive. To be a pessimist means that you have agreed that human life is an academic matter. The future of the Negro in this country is precisely as bright or as dark as the future of the country. It's an incredible, powerful viewing experience that very much deserves its praise and award nominations and wins. And most importantly, it introduced me and I'm sure others to Baldwin's work and character. He was rightly not someone to try and argue with. It also set the scene for Barry Jenkins' sumptuous love story based on Baldwin's writing, If Bill Street Could Talk, which was released a few years later. More of that on a future podcast. 
I'm Ben Eshmade. Thanks for listening to this archive edition of Nothing Concrete, the Barbican podcast. Here to inspire more people to discover and love the arts with weekly episodes of archive finds and themed series. Subscribe to Nothing Concrete on Acast, Spotify or wherever you find your podcasts. And if you can, leave us a review to help us get the word out. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.